everyone, and welcome to a Far Better Sports Show. We're live at the Far Better Ice Cream location at the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue in downtown Ogden. Come have a scoop or two tonight. Bring your whole family and uh, have some fun. Uh, catch up on Weber State Athletics and have some great ice cream here at Fars. Later on, we're going to be joined by head football coach Jay Hill coming off their opening win on Saturday up at Pocatello. Athletic director... Uh, will be with us as well. Tim will also talk about football tickets, juggling schedule and staff and more. And then Mary Kay Amicone will be joining us as well, talk about her softball team start. But first and foremost right now, we're joined by the head basketball coach at Weaver State, Randy Ray. Coach, thanks for coming by here this evening. I know coming off a, a good weekend in Sacramento against Sacramento State, two, two solid victories against a, a Hornets team that can be very difficult at home. Yeah, that's always been, uh, you know, year in and year out. That's a really difficult place to play for everybody. They, they, they play so hard, and they're so tough at home. And, and it was, uh, you know, Saturday was senior day for them. And we, we saw their best effort, for sure, for two games. And our guys hung in there, and we had to show a lot of grit and a lot of toughness, and uh, we found a way to pull them out. You know, it was interesting. Uh, after the game, we talked about how the fact that uh, you like not calling a timeout in that situation, not allowing the defense to, to set up, and it, it certainly paid off. I watched the, I got a chance to later on to watch the video on that, and uh, you know, they were slow getting back, and I think uh, Isaiah passed them up at the free throw line. Yeah, I think, you know, I, we work on that. You know, in practice, I've told our guards, you know, Sigu and, and Isaiah, if they get the ball, we're not going to call a timeout. I don't want to play against a set defense, and and we're going to go make a play. And uh, at first, I think Isaiah was, he, he kind of slowed down a little bit. And, and I screamed at him, go. And, uh, and I think Sacramento State might have thought we might call a timeout. And, uh, yeah, we, he pushed it up real fast from then on and got to the free throw line and uh, kind of got, shook the guy a little bit and was able to get pretty much a, a you know, wide open layup. So it was a heck of a play by Isaiah. And, of course, uh, the, the two wins against Sacramento State. And you got to think that, uh, you know, the guys are really in as good a rhythm as they've been the whole year because you guys have been able to play, I think, six straight weeks now without any interruption. Yeah, no, they are. They are in a good rhythm. And uh, now I'll be honest with you, we're a little fatigued. Uh, I'm not going to complain. Um, but six straight weeks in a row is uh, usually you got to buy in there or something. But with COVID, we aren't complaining. So... But we do have a fatigue team right now, and uh, we're, we're trying to take it real easy and go uh, as light as we can in practice so we have enough energy for the next weekend because we've got two more weekends. But, uh, but, no, the rhythm's been good. You know, once we got a couple weekends under our belt, back when we started to play consistently, we could see our team get better. We weren't getting better for a while. We only played three games in five weeks, you know, at the uh, end of December and in January. And we just we weren't playing very good, and we we really didn't know who we were and then we played we got two weekends of league play in and i could start to see that okay they're starting to figure it out uh we're starting to trust each other we're playing a lot better together and from then on out we've been we've been getting a little bit better every weekend and so you know there's no substitute for playing you know you you don't get better in practice let's be honest you can get better in some areas, but you got to go do it in the game, and and uh, so it's. But it's been six six weeks. <laughs> it's a long. It's a long stretch. I mean, uh, uh, for the first day in practice today, I really saw it in our guys. We came out and tried to do some stuff, and they just had no juice. And but that's okay. We'll get them. We'll get them rested up and get ready for Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, but but it's a group too that uh, you've told me in the past that when you want to try to cut them short, they still like to hang around and, and shoot. 
They do. But that's why today was, was I could tell, because uh, we, we went, you know, we didn't go real hard, but we went for, you know, a little over an hour, and they all left. Mm. You know, I, I can tell. I can tell this group when they're, when they need a little more rest, when they walk out of the gym and don't want to shoot or play one-on-one with each other, because this team loves to play, and they love to compete. Uh, but uh, today they wanted to get out of there today and get some more rest, so I think it's kind of worn them down. But, uh, but that's okay. You know, we'll come back tomorrow and get ready to go. Talking with Weber State head basketball coach Randy Ray on our Far Better Sports Show for a Tuesday. And, you know, that leads me to believe, uh, you know, watching some of the guys, you know, guys helping each other out during practice and on the floor during games and on the bench, which of your current players you think would make a c- good coaches? Dylan Jones. Really? Dylan Jones is going to make a great coach. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a freshman. He's got a high, high basketball IQ. He knows the game inside and out. Um, uh, I think uh, yeah, I go right down the line. I think Isaiah Brown, he's too smart to be a coach, so he won't be <laughs> one. But uh, he'll go do something and make, actually make some good money. But uh, um, I would say out of that group, I would say Dylan uh, is probably one. that. And he's, he, I'll tell you a little story about him. We're playing Sac State, and number 22, Esposito, was kicking us. Mm-hmm. We had a hard time guarding him. And uh, so we get down to the last play, and we got to stop him. And uh, Dylan came, comes to the huddle right away and grabs me and says, Coach, put me on 22. I'm going to front him, and there's no way he's going to touch the ball. He will not get a shot. I said, good. I like it. Let's do it. So we did it, and what did he do? He fronted him. And the kid got really frustrated. He couldn't get around Dylan. But that's the way he thinks. He thinks the game. He knows the game. And he studies the game, and so I think he's going to be, uh, you know, I've already talked to him about coaching someday. I said, you know, you're going to play basketball basketball for a long time, but when you're done, you ought to consider it. And he says, all right, I already have. So I think it'd be great. You know, Jay's mentioned it to me in the past, and uh, now that you brought that up uh, in regards to Dylan in the game uh, the other day, uh, obviously you're the head coach. You make the final decision. How often uh, in a situation like that does a player come up to you and say, hey, coach, I've got this idea that you go along with it? Mm-hmm. I trust our guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's some that I absolutely won't go. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the guy, too, right? Right, right I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, some guys will say, hey, coach, give me the ball. Well, you, you know, you're 0 for 10. I don't think we're going to give you the ball right now. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I, I ask our guys in the huddles a lot of times, you know, we want to change defenses, and we've got this – little press that we run and and i'll ask them and say hey you guys like 13 defense and if they all say yeah we like that let's go try it i'll ask them at halftime at times hey what do you guys see out there you know what do you see and i trust this group they got we you know we're an older group we got a bunch of smart basketball players and so you know I, i'm always open for suggestions you know within reason obviously but uh a lot of times they pass them on to my assistant and my assistant will pass them on to me <laughs> But I, I like that the kids are thinking that way. I like them being involved. I, I'll ask you guys, you know, in a timeout, I say, what play do you like? Should we get the ball to Cody? Do we, should we you know, what, what play do you guys like? And I think the more you can give them ownership, I think the more bought in they are. And they take ownership of it. We've had practices before where I've had the uh, two different teams out there, and you guys call the plays. And you guys huddle up, you guys call the plays, and you guys run the team. And uh, so anyway, we do a lot of that as far as, like, taking ownership of the team and, when you do that, I think you get more buy-in, and I think the guys really enjoy it, and they have fun doing it, and they think the game more. You know, in this particular case, who was on the defensive end of the floor, but I've got the feeling, and this is just a hunch on my part, that you get more suggestions from the players about offense than you do defense. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no question. 
Yeah, they, they, yeah, coach, I think I'm going to be open if you run this play for me and, and say, yeah, there's a reason you're going to be open. They want you to be open. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more offensively. But, but I still have a group that, you know, they'll, we'll be guarding ball screens a certain way. And we've had games in the past where they say, coach, we might want to look at trying this. this is, we're having a hard time with this one. And I trust them, you know, and I'll go with it a lot, you know. And uh, so it's just, it's just good to have a group that's thinking that way, you know. But it helps when you got a more mature group and a group that's been around a little bit. I was going to save this for our pregame show on Thursday, but I thought uh, while we had the opportunity, maybe I'll throw it at you right now. You've played the most road games of any team in the conference, uh, nine. You'll wind up with seven uh, home games. Do you think that puts you in better stead uh, to prepare or be prepared for tournament play in Boise? Because we played more road games? Road games, because you, you, you have that feel. You don't have that comfort feeling uh, that you have at home. It's a nice way to look at it, I mm-hmm. guess, if you're trying to be <laughs> posi- you know, uh, positive about it. But, yeah, maybe a little bit. I know it's been, uh, you know, we have played more than anybody else, and we will have played more than anybody else. And I think it toughens up your team. You know, if you can go out there and you gotta, you got to play hard. I mean, it's a whole different deal on the road. It's hard to win on the road. And you got to play at such a higher level than you do at home to have a chance. And, so I think our guys, you know, it has toughened up our guys. And I think it's brought us a little bit closer together. Whenever you go on the road, you've got to be really, really together. And, and you can't splinter. And you've got to fight for each other. And you've got to compete for each other. And so I think in some ways it has brought us a little bit closer together, you know. Um, but it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a grind, too. It takes, it takes its toll on your team, you know, fatigue-wise and body-wise and everything. And the travel back and everything. But, but uh, you know... Let's say, uh, yeah, maybe it will help us over there a little bit. You know, it's a neutral court, but it's still a road game, right? And uh, so we've been we've been put through about everything it can be put through, to be honest with you, this year. I was going to say, uh, the whole idea of the way the schedule was set up this year was to be able to come home on Saturday and and save a, a night on the road. But uh, the way the schedule and the flight schedules worked out, you haven't. I think this Saturday was one of the first times you've had a chance to do that. Yeah, it hasn't always worked out that way, but uh, this one was good. We did get out. We played an 11 o'clock game in the morning, and we were able to get out. Uh, we were supposed to play a 12 o'clock game. They moved it to 11. But anyway, we got out, and we were home by, you know, we're home by 8.30, 9 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. So... That does help a lot. You know, you get that one extra night at home. And, and then uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks because we've been playing every weekend is, you know, we take Sunday and Monday off. And we just don't want the kids around. You know, if they want to shoot, that's up to them. But we want to keep them away. So try to keep their bodies as fresh as possible. Of course, uh, you talked about the early part of the schedule when uh, you, you missed some games. Uh, your old assistant coach, Steve Smiley, has gone through that now at Northern mm-hmm. Colorado, your next opponent. Uh, he went to... Uh, three straight weeks uh, without uh, playing any games and, and now has played three in a row. Yeah, yeah, they have. It's Yeah, it's just crazy. You know, it's just all you can say, it's a weird year and you just mm-hmm. got to keep adjusting to whatever's thrown at, thrown at you. And we dealt with that, you know, for five weeks. And uh, and now he had, to, he had to deal with it. But, uh, you know, they've been able to get three games in, so they're kind of back in rhythm. And, and they got their full team back now. They had some kids missing uh, because of some COVID protocols, but they're at full strength now. But yeah, it's just it's just it's just it's strange. It's very strange. Nobody's ever dealt with it, but but everybody's having to deal with the same stuff, you know. And so our guys have handled it really well. And uh, you know, knock on wood, we've been able to play quite a bit here. You know, obviously the last few weeks. Before I let you go, uh, when you talk about Northern Colorado, uh, uh, looking at the roster, still, uh, you know, they lost a couple of guys, but still a lot of familiar names, a veteran team. Yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, in the preseason when they're 
trying to figure out who's going to, you know, predictions or whatever. There's a couple of people that thought they might be at the top of the league. And and uh, I knew they were going to have a really good basketball team. They have a, a, a bunch of guys back. You know, they shoot the three as, as well as anybody in our league. They got really quick, dynamic guards. And then one of the best players in the league, and Bodie Hume, mm-hmm. the six-seven uh, power forward. And, uh, you know, they just... They've had some injuries. Like I said, they've gone through some COVID. They lost some close games. But this is a really, really talented team. You know, my staff, was. we were talking about it today, and, and they're one of the top three most talented teams in our league. They just haven't had their whole team together for a long time. But now they're together. So it's going to be a really, really difficult game for us. Uh, we know they're going to come in ready to go, and we're going to have to play with great energy. And uh, it's, it's going to be – we're going to have to play well. We're really going to have to play well. Well, the best part is uh, we still have some tickets available. Fans can come, and that has made a big difference uh, at home the last couple of games and uh, getting a chance to, to get some fan support there. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it really has been. I appreciate all the fans coming out and helping these guys out. The guys even say after the game they can hear the fans, and and it's amazing when you get a 1,000 people in there when they make some noise, the difference that it makes. Mm-hmm. And it has been really good for us these last couple of weeks when we're at home. And so I appreciate the fans, and hopefully they can come out this weekend and you know, it's our last weekend at home and last weekend of the regular season, so it'd be great to have as many as we can get, you know, that are allowed to come. Hopefully they'll all show up and, and help us out. Coach, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll see you on Thursday, and now enjoy your vanilla. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Cra- uh, crazy, wild and crazy guy. That's right. All right, that's head basketball coach Randy Ray. We'll be back with head football coach Jay Hill right after this timeout. This is the Far Better Sports Show on 103.1 The Wave. And welcome back to a Far Better Sports Show. We're broadcasting live, as always, from the Far Better Ice Cream location at the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue in downtown Ogden. Come on down and enjoy a scoop or two. Or if you're really bold, you can try half or whole kitchen sinks. That's 10 or 20 scoops of ice cream and a whole lot of toppings. Well, you certainly topped the Sunday on Saturday as the Weber State football team got their season underway, the spring season, with a 49-21 win at Idaho State. We're joined now by the head coach, of uh, the Wildcat football program, Jay Hill. Jay, congratulations uh, on the win. Uh, and obviously, you, you had some post-game thoughts in regards to your team from the sideline. But now that you've watched a uh, video, what are your overall thoughts about uh, the game on Saturday? Oh, pretty much exactly what I saw on game day. I mean, so many good things. Uh, so many things I'm proud about the players for. Uh, I thought they handled the adversity of just not playing a game in 345 days and traveling up in a college football game day of just there's so many great things they did um it it just overshadows you know maybe some people say a little bit of a slow start and but you know i i mean that was a good idaho state team and uh the way we played and to win by as many as we won uh, super proud of the team and how they handled everything that they've gone through over the last year couple of late touchdowns in that second quarter to go up 14-0 at the half. Uh, they score on their first position to make it 14-7, and then you rattled off 28 straight points at the uh, from that point on uh, for the rest of the third quarter. What was the, what was the big difference? Execution, I thought, got very good in the third. I thought the offense did a great job of trying to get our key players the ball. Uh, Bronson Barron played very well for his first start ever. I mean, he did a great job of distributing the ball to what we consider our weapons. Uh, I just I just thought we played the way we needed to play that last 10 minutes of the second quarter and all the way through the third, other than a couple missed tackles. I thought the team played very well in that stretch. 
Well, obviously, it's his first collegiate start, and all he does is end up as the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. 17 of 27 for 312 yards, four touchdowns, 42 yards rushing, and obviously the numbers speak for themselves, but when it came down to brass tacks, what was the key factor uh, that Bronson Barron could give you that made you decide him to be the starting quarterback? Well, he was making very good decisions for a freshman and, and not having played in three and a half years because of his mission and just everything that went with it. Uh, the further along we went in camp, the better his decision-making got. And his accuracy's always been there. I mean, from day one, he, we knew he could throw it, but he just got better and better at seeing the defenses and at seeing what we needed him to see. And then I think he's, he really understands that he's got playmakers around him. His job is to get those guys the ball, and I thought he did a great job of that in the game. Another day at the office uh, for Josh Davis, 11 carries, 106 yards, 9.6 per carry, one touchdown, had the 64-yard touchdown run. I was telling people last week before the game that he may be the biggest beneficiary of having last fall off. Not that anybody wanted it, but he got banged up pretty good his freshman and sophomore year, and now I would, I would have to think he's got a much fresher body than he would have had otherwise. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Those running backs get banged up. I don't mm-hmm. care at what level you play, especially in college and NFL. Those guys get banged up, and you got to have a, a stable of them. And, you know, having Josh healthy, it makes us better, obviously, as a football team. And uh, one thing I was happy with is when we got the 42-7 lead and we started pulling some of our starters and we pulled Josh, the backup running backs went in and played mm-hmm. outstanding. Dante McMillan played great. Uh, Daniel Wright played great. And um, that was a huge part of that fourth quarter is just how we were able to still run the ball with Josh out of there. You know, Josh also had, uh, uh, I think it was five catches uh, out of the backfield, and he averaged uh, maybe two catches per game uh, in the first two years of his career. Is that something that we're going to see more of this season, or was that just something you were trying to take advantage of that you saw in the Idaho State defense? No, Josh is a good wideout, and we've got to find different ways to get those guys the ball in space. And I think you saw that in this game that he, he's dangerous coming out of the backfield. And like I say, I don't, I don't want to short sell Josh because we all know how great he is. But, I mean, our running back crew right now, those guys can all catch it. They can all run it. And I'm excited to see how those guys continue to develop as a crew, you know, Josh leading the way, because that can be another one of our major weapons, especially if we're throwing the ball as well as we did on Saturday. Speaking of major weapons, nice to have 22 Rashid Shahid yeah. back in the lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, his, his health is critical to us. He stretches the field. He made some huge plays in that game. He needs to get targeted more even than he did. But, again, he didn't play the last three minutes of the third quarter and all fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, we're looking at him getting six, seven, at least six, seven catches a game and targeting him up to ten times a game. One last question about the offense. Uh, you really had to be pleased with the balance. Uh, uh, Matt Hammer's crew, 289 yards rushing, 349 yards passing. Yeah, balance is key. We've talked about balance since I've been here. We want to be able to run it. We want to be able to throw it. I think right now we have the weapons to do both. You know, Ty McPherson had a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. Rashid had a great game. We've got tight ends still in the mix that didn't have a lot of action in this game that can help us uh, moving forward. And we get some wideouts back now. Devin Cooley's going to join the mix, and um, we're hoping to get Randall Grimes um, in the mix right now. And just there, there's a lot of weapons that teams have still not seen this year that uh, will make us better even. 
defensively, nine tackles for loss, five sacks, ten pass breakups, which is a, a very high number. Uh, you had to be overall pleased with the way the defense played in this first game. Yeah, the defense was in a way a little hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we tried to, in each game, get a combination of six sacks and turnovers. If you can get any combination of that, you had a pretty good game. We had, we had nine in this game. Uh, so we made a lot of huge plays, which were difference-maker type plays. But we gave up some, too. And that's uncharacteristic of us is giving up those two long passes. That's, that's just not like us. And so we, we got plenty of things to clean up. Uh, but overall, very happy with just the, uh, the play of the players and, and how the coaches had their guys ready to go. I'm guessing, again, I only had a chance to watch the first half, but uh, uh, looking at the stats, the one uh, thing you really want to clean up, uh, 129 penalty yards. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, uh, that's a frustration. And I don't mind penalties if they're the aggressive, you know, trying to get after it type penalties. But, the, you know, the ones that happened before the ball's even snapped, we got to clean up. Uh, the ones that happened where we were just not being smart, um, those ones we got to clean up, but um, the, the way we play, we're going to get some penalties here mm-hmm. and there. If we play aggressive, we play, you know, going as hard as we can. We're going to get some penalties. We just got to clean up the ones that are, are the mental ones. And then, of course, uh, uh, you have a chance to work on some of those uh, problems because, unfortunately, you have an unexpected uh, bye week this week due to Cal Poly's uh, not being able to play. So now you have a week off to prepare for what is always a good test against UC Davis. Oh, yeah. UC Davis is going to come up come up here ready to go. And uh, they're well coached. They've got great players. They, they tied us for the championship two years ago. And uh, last year we had a great game against them, played well. Uh, so I'm excited to get those guys up here because this will be a great – test to how good this team is you know i I talked to randy ray about this on a pregame show uh last week and i was going to get your thoughts on this as well as tim's and mary Kay's later on and uh, and that is uh, how the different programs at weber state they all have a high caliber uh uh, group and i think that uh, one rubs off on the other can the culture at weber state be such to where success from one program bleeds onto another oh it is when I first got here, uh, I used our basketball, our men's basketball program to our football team all the time. Like, heck, they're, they're winning championships, and they're going to the tournament and winning the Big Sky Tournament. And uh, Coach Ray had had so much success. On, and then I would use it to our players all the time. Well, if they can do it, why can't we? I mean, it's just it's the same institution. It's the same administration. And they want success. They're backing us to give us success. Why can't we do it? And I think that that's been a major part of football uh, and our success is being able to see the other programs have so much success. Especially when you consider that uh, the turnaround that Jeremiah Larson's done with volleyball, that Mary Kay Amicone did with softball, and, of course, you know, track and field and cross country have always been strong at the school, and the same can be said for golf and tennis. Yeah, no, there's, there's great coaches here. And uh, I think our administration, you know, Tim Crompton, our athletic director, those guys have done a great job of, getting good coaches here on campus and keeping them um, and doing things that make us feel like, you know, we're part of a family and we're, we're in this thing together. I think that that's been a critical part of all of our successes. Speaking of which, how have the new uh, coaches on your staff uh, fit in? Mm-hmm. Well, we got some great ones, mm-hmm. you know, with Robert Conley joining us. Now I, I was lucky enough to coach him when we were at the university of Utah and see him develop as a player. 
and just his toughness and his attention to detail. And uh, he does the same thing as a football coach. And then to get Boje Filimoyatu here from Utah State, I've, I really felt he was one of their best coaches up there last year. To, to have him join our staff has been big. And Andre Dyson's already made his uh, presence felt. He knows the secondary, knows the back end. He's a good motivator for our players because he's been there, done that as far as a longtime NFL player. And um, he's a good role model to our players. So anyway, bottom line, those three guys are doing a great job. Um, and um, couldn't be happier with where the staff is right now. Because you had to scramble because it was a late uh, departure, uh, and good for him, uh, for Quinton Ganther going to uh, Urban staff at Jacksonville. I know he's smiling on the 15th and 30th. Well, yeah, I mean, this was big for him, mm -hmm. right? And for his career and his future and his family, this was big, and I was super happy for him. Uh, I, I, I'm just telling you he'll be one of the top running back coaches in the NFL in the next year or two, and I just – I think they'll see his worth, and we were lucky to have him for as long as we did and just can't, you know, wish him enough happiness and a bright future because he really helped turn this thing around here. Well, again, uh, Coach, congratulations on the win Saturday. Step one to what we hope will be a, a huge season for you, and uh, we look forward to the uh, home opener against UC Davis in two weeks. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Now, we, uh, you know, all the people listening out there, we got to get these tickets sold. They're going to let – 5,000 fans in the stadium and, you know, with the COVID restrictions lightening up a little bit, we got to get as many people there as possible because that's a critical piece to our home field advantage here. And it's I think it's 15 of the last 16 games at home we've won. And uh, we got a critical, critical uh, season this year that we're playing. We need the fans there. And, and Randy just said, uh, even though they're allowing uh, up to 1,000 at the basketball games, the players have even said afterwards they feel the difference. Oh, yeah. It's a difference. You know, just having the 2,800 up at Idaho State that they had, mm -hmm. it makes a difference when people are cheering for you and you know, you know you're being supported. And when we get 5,000 fans in our stadium, I promise you, our players will play harder, play better, and uh, it helps us just just solidify that home field advantage that we've had so uh, much behind us the last three or four years. We need our fans there. And it's fun to make 2,800 people sound quiet. Exactly right. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're our 5,000 That's right. Be loud. That's yeah. right. All right, Coach, thanks for coming Thank by. You. Right. That's head Coach Jay Hill. We'll be back with Athletic Director Tim Crompton right after this timeout. This is the Far Better Sports Show on 103.1 The Wave. And welcome back to the Better Far Show here on 103.1 The Wave. Farm ice cream is made out of the highest quality ingredients and the finest ice cream manufactured in the West. Far better ice cream. Come down and join us. Have a scoop or two on the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue in downtown Ogden. Or I would challenge you to have half a kitchen sink or a whole kitchen sink, which is 10 scoops of ice cream or 20 scoops of ice cream all at once. But you can bring some help if you really want to. Joining us right now, the athletic director at Weber State, Tim Crompton. Tim, thanks for joining us. And uh, I asked this of Randy uh, on a pregame show last week, and I just asked it of Jay, and I want to get your opinion on this, about the culture that has developed in the entire Weber State Athletic Department. It's uh, one of those things where success in one program, I think, is really bleeding into other programs, and we have seen turnarounds in many different programs, and most of the programs all playing at a very high level. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Thanks to the Wave and, and to FAR as always mm -hmm. for having us here. And, you know, culture is a word that's thrown around quite a bit. I think that you have to first and foremost give a ton of credit to the administration of the institution because um, without without the support of the administration, I don't think you can have a culture that thrives. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, the coaches being able to 
have great coaches, retain great coaches, because with great coaches you get tremendous student athletes and, and the culture that they each create on their own team. And certainly it's a small community, you know, the 300 and some odd student athletes that we have on campus and they feed off of each other. There's no, there's no question about that. So I think that um, they ju it just, like I said, it leaks from one team to the other and becomes a, uh, an atmosphere of, of winning and success. And not just, not just on, on the field or the court or the track, it, it's also in the classroom. We are, we are, we are fortunate. And um, I think last weekend was a really good example of how well these student athletes and coaches um, performed on the field. They, they were a big and I, I think that prior to last weekend, maybe we had had a record of four events in one day, and I think we had nine mm -hmm. events in one day. So it was a little busy. I would think so. I would think so. I'm going to ask more about that in just a moment, but I do want to go back because, you know, Jay just said uh, that uh, when he took over it, uh, as far as the football coaching job is concerned, he used Randy Ray's basketball program as a great example. And now you got uh, our, our next guest uh, coming up in a little while, Mary Kay Amico, the way she's turned around softball, the way Jeremiah Larson has turned around the undefeated volleyball team. It just uh, it, And the other uh, programs at high levels. And, you know, Valeta Harris got the, their first two wins of the season this past uh, weekend. So uh, it, just so much to be proud of if you're, if you're a Wildcat. And there's no question. It's a great time to be a Wildcat. It's always a great time to be a Wildcat, in my opinion. But it builds off of each other. I mean, and they're competitive group, the coaches, and, and that plays into it as well. But they share their ideas and their concepts and, and, um, and how they go about solving problems amongst their own teams. And, and they collaborate quite a bit. And certainly that helps. And no doubt about it. Um, you were mentioning earlier about, uh, you know, normally maybe four events on a weekend. You had nine this past weekend. Uh, what's it been like to, trying to juggle schedule and staff? Because, you know, you had all these games and you were hosting the Big Sky Conference uh, cross-country meet as well, just uh, being able to juggle all this. It's been a challenge. You know, I have to give credit to, to our staff, the athletic department staff, because they have done a, a, just a great job of, of – uh, manning those events, putting those events on, making sure that it's done with quality and, um, and paying attention to the needs of the coaches and the players and, and can't say enough about it. But it has been a challenge. But, you know, they just come to work every day and meet that challenge and go on to the next day. And I think that, that has served them well, that particular um, approach. Uh, I think that it'd be really easy to get ahead of yourself and think, wow, we've got all these things going on. How are we going to accomplish that? But just one day at a time and and um, it's been working really well. I was going to say, how many times have you uh, sat at your desk and thought, there's no way we can do this, and then one piece falls into place and another and another, and you, you do work it out? Yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> I think that uh, everyone in the athletic department has probably had that thought once or twice a day. But <laughs> like I said, um, it's a resilient group and a hardworking group and an intelligent group. And the fact that the teams and, and, and or the student athletes and the coaches are so appreciative of the, the work that does go on behind the scenes. And, and we as a department are so appreciative of the support that we get from our president and our vice president and so on and so forth and faculty and the staff on campus and the community in general certainly makes it worthwhile. Um, obviously, the biggest question is uh, the first home football games coming up a week from Saturday. Uh, up to 5,000 tickets will be available. How are 
ticket sales coming along and if people are interested and uh, we want everybody we want to take advantage of all 5,000 of those spots uh, how can people get tickets well, they call the ticket office mm -hmm. and uh, I would say that if they want to go to those games especially this first one and they only have three that they, they probably get to, better get to the ticket office really quickly because I know they've been extremely busy over there. So That's I a think, good thing. I think that we're going to get to a place sooner than later where there won't be any tickets available. And it is a fun team to watch. And um, so anybody who's, who's like to get out there and watch them, they really need to call the ticket office this week. Yeah, Jay says, you know, having those people will make a difference. He felt a difference with the 2,800 that were allowed at the game at uh, Idaho State. And, Coach Ray mentioned uh, in his segment that uh, you know, even the players with with the limited attendance, uh, about a, a little under a thousand uh, at some of these home games, they feel the difference when those crowd crowds are making noise. Yeah, absolutely. And starting the season in basketball in particular, without having a crowd or any fans for for the majority of the season in these last few weekends, a couple weekends, being able to have fans there, just a few is, is he's right makes it just a, a, a mark if you will it's just so much different than having no one there so I'm um, I'm happy I'm happy to be able to get people in there and and certainly there's been a lot of effort and thought put mm -hmm. into um, making that happen speaking of which has there been any determination made in regards to ticket availability for the Big Sky tournament well it's pretty limited mm -hmm. and um, and that's all predicated off the uh, the city of Boise and right now each team is allowed 100 tickets I think they put a release out today the Big Sky did so, you know, some of those tickets, a lot of those, at least half of those tickets will go to our players and their parents or, or the parents of the players and family. And uh, anything we have left, we've put some things out. And I don't know if they'll go on sale publicly, but we'll have to see how the week plays out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting up there with the tournament, especially for whichever team wins it because they get to go uh, 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 an immediate nonstop flight to Indianapolis. Yes, correct. We're, we, we're making all the arrangements for our our, our, our program to be gone for, you know, the next 21 days or so. So, I, in <laughs> other words, you, you're telling me I should pack heavy. I think that you should. That was my plan. I think you that should. That was my plan. Uh, before I let you go, just a couple of things. One, uh, uh, just amazing. I was watching uh, in my hotel room in Sacramento some of the uh, volleyball action. And going back to the week before that, down 0-2 for the first time on the road, come back and win three straight to beat Northern Colorado. And they, and they were, you know, they were pushed a little bit by Sacramento State uh, this past week, but uh, they, again, maintained their unbeaten record. Jeremiah Larson really has them not only playing well, but believing in themselves. No, absolutely. I think that, you know, it, 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 any good program evolves. It doesn't happen overnight, generally, especially if you're going to sustain that type of success. And he's been building up to this, his program, his players. And Sac State's a really good volleyball team, and they came into that weekend, I think, second mm -hmm. in the conference. I think that our program is, and Jeremiah's got his girls in a place where, uh, well, they're not necessarily the hunter any longer. I think people, the other teams come in, especially after the weekend in northern Colorado, where the rest of the teams that are going to play are going to measure themselves against our team. And that's a different, that's rarefied air. And they've handled it very well so far. And I, I anticipate that they'll, that they'll continue to do that. I'm excited for the next six games. And they're in a place where if they continue to perform how they've been performing, they will have a regular season championship for the first time since 1988. Yes, and, and of course, that also means a, a trip to Greeley for the, for the tournament as well. Um, 
one more thing, and this is this is more of a fun question than anything else. I like your fun questions. Fun question. You always trip me up, though. Yeah, well, this will be a trip for sure. <laughs> with all the headaches that uh, you've had to deal with in regards to uh, the COVID and the teams and the testing and all that, this is a small piece of your mind in the back saying, I gave up coaching for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you can imagine, I, I get – uh, that question about every other day about coaching and, and I'd like to say that you know, I did it for a long time and, and satisfied um, you know, a lot a lot of things in that time and I haven't really thought about it all that much since and I think it's in part because I'm just on to doing something different and and it keeps me pretty busy trying to maintain an atmosphere and an environment that the student athletes at Weber State signed up for and that's been a challenge through the last 10 months but Again, I think that the institution in general has fully committed to, to making that happen, and, and I think our athletes can, can certainly sense that. And the ones that I've talked to know that it's not a typical, it's not a normal year, so they've been able to, with that, with that knowledge, roll with the punches as well. Yeah, like I said, they're a resilient group, and I think in order to be you know, a championship-caliber group, you have to be resilient. So, yeah. Before I let you go, what flavor today? Well, you know, I, I'm... <laughs> I always go with the mint chocolate chip. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a creature of habit. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I did go different today. I've gone you? cherry chocolate chip the first two months. Today I went with wild huckleberry. Wild huckleberry. Well, I do the mint chocolate chip, but I always sneak out of here with one of their famous caramel apples. I bet you do. Tim, as always, appreciate you stopping by and being a part of the program, and we look forward to uh, being out at the D Event Center Thursday at 7 and Saturday at noon, believe it or not, folks, for the final home games of the year. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here and certainly would uh, be amiss if I didn't say thank you to, for, to you for all the things that you do for Weaver State. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a blast. There's no doubt about it. And it looks like my April just got free, so we'll <laughs> be, uh, no problems with conflicts yeah, for football. Well, we, Looking we, forward to we it. Just book you, we just got you booked up. I appreciate that. Thanks, right. Thanks for having all me. All right, that's Athletic Director Tim Crompton. We'll be back with head softball coach Mary Kay Amico, and you're listening to a far better sports show celebrating a century of far better ice cream, serving you and your family quality. Come have a scoop or two on the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue today right here in downtown Ogden. You're listening to the Far Better Sports Show on 103.1 The Wave. Welcome back to the Far Better Sports Show. We're live from the Far Better Ice Cream Parlor at corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue here in downtown Ogden. You know, way back in 1961, Far's Ice Cream introduced the quality kid to the world. Today, quality is still at the top of our list. It's not just ordinary ice cream, but far better. Joining us right now for the first time on the program is Mary Kay Amicone, the head softball coach at Weber State. Coach, thanks for joining us. And all rookies get asked the same first question. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, mint chocolate chip. Really? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it, yeah at least you got some flavor. I mean, we tease Coach Ray because his favorite flavor is vanilla. He can go, he can look at that board and see 35 different flavors. He'll still go with vanilla. Yeah, that sounds like Randy. It does. <laughs> sounds like Randy. Well, uh, uh, three uh, weekend tournaments so far, uh, a six and eight start. What have you liked so far and uh, maybe what needs to be improved? Well, uh, I, I think we are truly fortunate to be playing. Um, we're extremely young, and we've done some really, really good things with the young team. Um, we've had a couple of key injuries and a couple of COVID circumstances, and they've been very resilient. And people that haven't played a lot of one position, we've put them in there, and they have done a tremendous job. 
and <clears throat> things that we need to do better. It's it's a lot of experience. We just we don't we really don't have many returners. Mm -hmm. About three that have played a whole lot, and so we're excited to see how they can develop. And every game we've um, played in has really taught us something special. Well, two of those three that you're talking about, Faith and Lauren Ho out of uh, Walla Walla, Washington, both of them are off to a great start so far. Faith hitting 300, a homer, four RBI. Lauren, uh, three uh, homers, seven runs batted in, batting 300 with a 550 slugging percentage. Uh, offensively, they've really been the two that have carried you. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, basically, they were out for a little bit, mm -hmm. and so they've done that um, by just overcoming and working through it. You know, Lauren, uh, after the weekend in Vegas, she was the Big Sky Player of the Week right. with that um, three home runs and seven RBIs. So uh, they're doing well, and Chloe's coming off of uh, having to sit out with some issues, and she's she's going to come around. She just needs some live at-bats, but she's she's very, very good. Yeah, she had a four-RBI game over the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. She did, she did. She had a three-run home run, and, uh, you know, it, they're just going to get better the more that we play. Mm -hmm. And we're facing very good competition. I was going to say, uh, just you know, the two games alone against Oregon, a Pac-12 powerhouse. Yeah, and, and honestly, again, um, that was first game out of the gym. Mm. And I thought that we, we played really well for five innings. And uh, Mariah, we call her Mo, Mo pitched five really good innings to keep us close. And, you know, you just need a little more time to develop our pitchers moving towards that but um you know we had utah beat right down to the the last strike and those are painful mm -hmm. but those are learning moments where you just continue to get better and to be in that position uh it says a lot about who we are tell me a little bit about uh caitlin whiting uh, out of riverton she's only hitting 219 but she's got a 419 on base percentage she's already drawn 11 walks this year <laughs> it's amazing yeah she's she's just a little firecracker she just is so determined and continues to adjust. Um, she's an outfielder, and we've moved her around in the lineup just because she is getting on base so often. And she's got a great strike zone awareness. And she learned so much behind Bug, Landy, and Courtney mm -hmm. that playing in the outfield, she is just taking every moment and running with it, big, full, full steam ahead. Now, you mentioned uh, Mo, Mariah Ramirez out of La Habra, California. Kate Donaldson, another pitcher who started uh, out of Dana Point, California. Really, those two make up a solid one-two punch for you. Yes, they do. They do. And we, we uh, have a, a very good staff. We're a little young in some spots there. Um, but basically, the one-two punch in a game, if, if one throws four innings and the other throws three, and they offset each other nicely. And then we do have depth below them, and we continue to just get, get better with, you know, their daily pitching. Are they similar in styles, or do they offer two different things to give opposing hitters two different looks? They're different, mm -hmm. yep. And that difference has really been uh, great. And Kate, again, um, she's done a really good job. Uh, she's, and we've played in some windy situations, mm -hmm. so uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark is a key. <laughs> And so she's done a really good job. 
One other player I wanted to mention as far as individuals were concerned, just, uh, ju- her numbers kind of jumped out at me, the redshirt freshman from Minnesota, Abigail uh, is it Sagert. Yes. Uh, 400 average, 733 slugging percentage, 500 on base percentage. Uh, for, uh, for a freshman, that's a good start. Yeah, she, she is a redshirt, um, transferred from Illinois, and she's been a big lift for us, and she's uh, continuing to get better and better. She had a great weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, you need to you have those uh, catchers to help support the pitching staff, and she's done a great job with that. Uh, defensively, was it 16 errors in 14 games, a little over one a game? You, you want to be under one a game, but as a whole, this early when you're outdoors for the first time, i got to think that's not too bad. Well, I think it's not too good. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I've seen what they can do. Right. And I think, you know... It, as they start to learn the pitchers that they're playing behind, they can kind of anticipate where the ball is going to be hit better, and it just comes with time. And I, I think, you know, being – we haven't had the dirt, but it's still um, – but we're very young, mm-hmm. and moving people around in, in the infield has been difficult or challenging for us, but we're going to get better and better. Just taking a look at uh, what's uh, coming up. Uh, the home opener is uh, March 23rd, according to the schedule that I saw. That's uh, against Utah State. Does it mean anything or nothing at all that you had a chance during these tournaments to play a couple of Big Sky teams and came away with two wins? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, in the past, we haven't played um, conference teams in tournaments. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely. But because this year, everybody is really just finding ways to get games in. Right. And so when a tournament gets canceled and we get thrown into another tournament, we're just grateful that they'll take us because uh, like this past weekend, Northern Colorado was in the tournament before us. And so we were just fortunate that we got four games in. Uh, We usually get five in a tournament and it's, you know, everybody's just doing everything that they can to play. I was going to say, uh, you get nervous every time your cell phone rings and it's in uh, the name uh, caller ID pops up in another team's coach. <laughs> uh, I don't because I think everybody, you know, everybody's just aware that it's going to be keep being flexible and keep picking up games, you know, rescheduling a little bit. Like a single game against Utah Valley is now going to be a doubleheader just because everybody's kind of missing a tournament here and there. So... We're just excited, like I said. The only way for us to get better is to play. And having uh, such a turnaround from the starters from last year, it's incredible that we we are continuing to learn and, and have success with this young group. One of the common threads in our conversations tonight, and I'm going to ask you the same question, is success from program to program to program at Weber State. We're seeing a lot of it right now, your program included that it bleeds onto one another. So, you know, one program successful, the other program see it, and they kind of fall in, in line as well. Is that is that something that uh, is just part of the culture at Weber State? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, we've had so much support, and the thing that I love is that every coach is, uh, is a mentor, and they're willing to just um, – work through situations and talk through how they they work through particular things that help one another as coaches it's a close bond and we work together you know it's a pinch 
in facilities right now and in trainers and all the other things. And you just find a way to work through it because you know that we all have those common goals of excellence and we help each other through that. So I love, I love the coaching staff. I love our administration and they've, they've given us every opportunity to have success. And that, that's certainly the case and not only that with the way things have gone this year for all the programs if all this uh, athletic stuff doesn't work out for all the coaches you can all go to ringling brothers and work in the juggling <laughs> department because uh, you guys have had to do a lot of that yeah for sure i, I mean we juggle every year mm -hmm. um with our team because it's a good lesson for them to learn mm -hmm. how to how to uh, just toss the ball around and catch it hand-eye coordination but it certainly is talked about as part of the process so Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm very glad and, and uh, enjoy some ice cream. Yeah, I'll get my mint chocolate chip here. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. That's Mary Kay Amicone, the head softball coach here at Weber State. Don't forget uh, our next uh, Far Better show comes up uh, three weeks from tonight here at 7 o'clock at the Far Better Ice Cream at the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue here in downtown Ogden. Our thanks to our guest, head softball coach Mary Kay Amicone, football coach Jay Hill, head basketball coach Randy Ray, and athletic director Tim Crumpton. Our thanks to the technical staff here at 103 won the wave as well. And our thanks to the great hospitality from the folks here at FARS. Don't forget, basketball is next on Thursday. The Wildcats host Northern Colorado, 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.30 with our pregame coverage right here on 103.1 The Wave.